Hey, hey, everybody. This is Seth. Welcome to a special episode of Dropping Saturday. I hope you're having a great Holy Week. Uh, we're here the day before Easter. Tomorrow we have a great show coming out for you about Easter candy. Uh, Andre and I had a great time talking about all, all the things that involve uh, the sweets of this time of year. But uh, a couple of years ago, I wrote a blog post that uh, has kind of just kind of stuck with me every year that on this weird day that kind of falls in between Good Friday and Easter Sunday, uh, something there's something about this this weird day called Saturday here at the end of Holy Week. And looking back at at what I wrote back then, uh, I feel like it's applicable to today and the time that we're living in. And so I just kind of wanted to drop this in your feed. Andrea gave me permission. And so I hope that it's, uh, I hope that it blesses you and it is edifying to you. This is a, this is a post called my best friend died yesterday. My best friend died yesterday. Okay. No, he didn't. But on this unheralded day of the Holy week, I can't help but to think about this emotion. Almost 10 years ago, I remember having a very clear thought while driving. Julie and I were taking our daughter Jillian home from the hospital for the first time. We were all dressed up in the going home outfits. You know what we're talking about. The car seat was properly installed, and I know because I had someone check, and I knew the route that I was going to take home. If I'm being honest, I probably drove it a couple of times just to make sure. I was sure to go the speed limit, if not a few miles per hour lower, but I grew increasingly and increasingly nervous. Why is everyone driving so fast? Don't they know how unsafe that is? I mean, they could really hurt someone. A little over seven years ago, on a Tuesday night, my son Jonathan, who was only about nine days old, started to breathe very rapidly. 90 breaths per minute to be exact, we counted. Jillian had never done that, so we called the doctor, and their answer, as you might imagine, was go to the ER. As we were driving downtown a little after midnight, I saw a car with a couple who were doing the unthinkable. They were laughing. Can you believe the nerve? I mean, how can you have a good time while I am so scared about what's going on? How callous can someone be? I remember asking the same questions for the first time about 20 years ago. It was the first time I lost someone close to me. As a group of us were in a limousine going from the church to the graveside in East Texas, I saw some teenagers, probably some peers, but it didn't feel like that on that day, laughing in their car as they took a turn too fast and spun out a little. Their obvious joy struck me in a gut already winded. In the past decade or so, death has become a more prominent member of my life. Family, friends, and clients seem to be ridding themselves of this mortal cloak and moving on to whatever's next for them. One thing that I've noticed about people dying, it means a lot to little, and it means a little to a lot. For most people, hearing that someone died that they don't know is like reading the obituaries. Oh, that happened. But there's a core group of people that surround that person's life where that person's death is nothing less than devastating, where your life becomes about their death, where time slows to a crawl, you feel every physical pain, and you become aware of every odor, for some reason, never the good ones. It is in that time immediately after the tragedy where there's no hope, 
no joy, no patience, and no peace. A few years ago, our our worship band had quite a bit of fun performing Carmen's Sundays on the Way. You know the one. It may seem like Friday night. It's a great thought when you can look back through two millennia and say, don't stress about the Friday night. Sunday's just around the corner. Even last year at our Good Friday service, one of the last things that my pastor said from the pulpit was, it may be Friday night, to which the congregation replied almost in unison, but Sunday's coming. But I think about the disciples on that Saturday. They didn't know that Jesus was coming back from the dead. Sure, they may have been able to have a theory based on prophecy and teaching from Jesus himself, but there was no way they could know until it happened. All they could have is faith. And it's pretty clear from what documentation that we have of their actions that many of them had a difficult time with that faith. I mean, can we blame them? Put yourself in their shoes. Your pastor, boss, and best friend is with you at a holiday meal, then heads to the garden for an after party. He's arrested. He's put through a very fast trial and executed for the finding of that trial all in one day. Put yourself there. No three-year-long investigation followed by indictment hearings and then a celebrity trial that stretched out for months. No, 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 no. Allegations, arrest, trial, execution, less than a day. It's clear that the powers that be wanted Jesus' teachings disappeared which includes his pupils, and that's you. You're afraid for your very life, but more than that, you're devastated over the loss of your friend. Then it hits you. He's the one who's been calling all the shots. He's been the one who's supposed to tell you what to do right now. You've got nothing. No hope, no direction. It's Friday night. When we tell the Easter story, we unintentionally present it to feel like Christ died, everyone went home sad, fell asleep, and when they woke up, the tomb was empty. We never talk about Saturday. All of those emotions had to marinate for a full day. Nothing to distract you from the pain, just a long spring day slowed down by grief. Sure, Sunday's coming, but what about Saturday? What is there to learn about waiting in the grief Saturday. There are some things that we as believers can be certain of. They're promised. But for the most part, we don't know what's coming. Saturday is the day in which we must admit this as truth and try to deal with the uncertainty. Relief from our hardships and situations is not promised to be quick. Some of them are not even promised at all. This is where faith comes in. Being a follower of Christ sometimes means not knowing. That is incredibly difficult. It honestly sounds ridiculous to my modern sensibility, but to truly be a disciple is to say you are the Christ and then trust that the Christ knows what's best. I have quite a few friends who have walked away from relationships with the God of the Bible. They once said you are the Christ and now they say I never knew the man. The truth is that during their Saturday, they said that was all rubbish. They never waited for the Sunday in their situation. I'm not saying that the waiting is easy. It's truly not. And I'm not going to tell you to hold on for Sunday. The disciples didn't have that luxury, and it's callous of me to ask you to enjoy a luxury that they couldn't. 
Well, I will admonish you with is simply that truth doesn't change. The truth that you followed on Thursday in celebration is still the truth on Saturday when you feel like you have lost everything. Whether or not the Sunday of your situation shows up is actually inconsequential. The one Sunday that really mattered has already happened. I must also point out that there will be another Sunday, a day of resurrection. At that point, all Saturdays end forever. What a glorious day. Until that day, hold on in the Saturdays. And much love.